Hello and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name's Emma and this is a podcast where I talk about books. So it's my second episode, but really kind of my first because the first episode was just an intro episode and this is the first real episode where I'm going to actually talk about a book. So um, before I start, we got to do this little preface thing so I don't get in any trouble. There's going to be spoilers literally in probably the next minute, so don't listen to this if you don't want this book to be spoiled. Like, if you think you're going to read it and you don't want to know what happens, please, please just turn this off. I don't want to get angry messages like, you ruined this book for me. No, don't listen to this. There will be spoilers. So, what am I going to be talking about today? Today, I'm going to be talking about The Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. So this was my August book of the month, not sponsored. So this is the book I picked for August, and it's actually a sci-fi book, which I know I said I don't typically read sci-fi, which is true. I don't know. I think the last time I read sci-fi was mm, in high school. My dad, like, picked, or my mom, one of my parents picked out this book for me, and it was just, like, really large They're like, here you go. This is a really long book. This should take up some of your time. And it happened to be a sci-fi book. I don't know what it was called. I haven't read it since then. So yeah, so it's sci-fi. And um, I think how we're going to start this off, I think each episode's kind of be going to be a little bit different. I don't know. I'm going to start off each episode with hopefully a minute explanation of the plot. So we kind of have a background if you haven't read this book before but you don't mind the spoilers and you don't think you're going to read it but you want to know what I think and then after that I think I'm just going to talk about what I thought about it I think it'll be different some episodes I might talk a lot about a specific character or specific plot maybe the message how it connects to my own life I don't know I guess we're going to find out so the space between worlds like I said is a sci-fi and the plot the basic premise is that the multiverse theory is true, that there's multiple universes. We exist on these other worlds, and this guy, Adam Bosch, has figured out how we can travel to different worlds, right? But the catch is you can only go to another world if you're dead on that world. So if you're alive and you, it's called traversing when you travel there, so if you traverse to this other world and you're alive there, you're going to die like... The way they explain it is kind of like pressure gets to your body and your bones kind of crunch and you get crazy skin marks and stuff like that. So our main character, Kara, who I called Kara the entire time I read it, so good for me, but then I listened to an interview to make sure I got the author's name right, because, you know, I want to say it correctly. Then I heard them say her name and they were saying Kara, so hopefully... I'm going to remember that and say correctly, but I guess we'll find out. So Kara's our main character, and she's a traverser, and she is dead on, let's see here, I think she's only alive on eight other planets. She's dead on 372 other worlds, and there's like only 383, I think. So yeah, she's alive on eight other worlds, and her job is to go from world to world and just kind of get information. So you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Within the first 30 pages, you find out that Kara actually, and you the only world that has traversing is world zero, you find out that Kara's actually from world 22, and she took the spot of Kara from world zero on world zero Kara or Carmenta, it's 
World Zero Kara, and Carolee is World 22, which is the main character. That's where she's from. Carmenta traverses on her first trip to World 22 and dies, and Kara's life is not so great on World 22, so she takes a chance, and she goes, and she becomes Carmenta, but goes by Kara, I guess Caramenta, and takes her life and starts to traverse, and now it's six years later, so you find that out. And so the first, this book's split into four parts. Well, remember when I was going to do this in a minute? Haha, <laughs> such lies. I'll try and keep it short, though. So the book's split into four parts. So the first part is just kind of about, like, the fact that they're phasing out traversers. And she's, like, the only full-time one because she's so rare. Because she can travel to almost every single world. And near the beginning of the book one of her doppelgangers dies on world 175 so she's getting ready to go to world 175 for the first time and she's also studying so she could be an analyst because they're pretty sure that within the next couple months they're not going to need to traverse anymore for her to physically go to the planet to get the information they're going to be able to do it automatically electronically basically so also she has this major crush on Dell who works with her. Del's the one who sends her to the other planets or the other universes I guess but I don't know what her title is. So she's got this major crush on her but Del's kind of like very serious like the way that Kara describes her in this first part is that I guess it's also important for me to let you know that like Kara's living in Wiley City but she's from Ashtown and even though these sound like cities and towns they're I think of them as countries because you need like specific passes to get in you need to live in Wiley City for 10 years to become a resident otherwise you get deported literally back to Ashtown as happens to one of the other traversers at the beginning of this book. Kara thinks that Del is just like pretty classist like doesn't want to be with her because she's Ashtown trash or garbage git as she says that's like the phrase in that because she's from the desert instead of like the sparkling pretty city stuff like that and also important to know about world 22 Kara, Kara, my bad is that when Kara lived on world 22 she grew up with a mom who it sounds like had drug problems and then died and when her mom died she had two options she could either become a worker at the house which was basically sex work except they didn't think of it that way it Kara says at one point it wasn't until she moved to Wiley City that she even learned the word prostitute so it wasn't thought of in that way I guess and then her option was to do that which she said she was bad at so then it was like die or to go be with Nick Nick who is basically that they call him the emperor so he's basically the ruler of Ashtown but like think more um he's not like a benevolent ruler right like think like dictator outlaw ruler right and so she gets romantically involved with him but it ends up being an abusive relationship and the reason why she ends up being where Caramenta is when she traverses there is because Nick Nick has brought her out to this river and choked her and almost killed her and then leaves her to come back to him right so then she takes the spot and leaves then we get to part two so Kara gets Del sends Kara to world 175 and Kara's like I died. Well, she didn't really die, but turns out her doppelganger on World 175 is still alive. And so she almost dies, 
and she's rescued by someone who saves her life. And it turns out to be World 175 Nick Nick, who is the complete opposite 180 of World 22 Nick Nick. And she's never met World Zero Nick Nick, but she's pretty sure he's the same way, right? So she has a hard time like coming to terms with this, like that this person who was so like inextricably tied up into her previous life and was not very nice to her could be nice and save her life and like that's very jarring to her so she deals with that and then it turns out in this world the reason why he's different is because he chose not to strike his brother in this dual death match that his dad made him do and instead in this world instead of his dad killing his brother his brother kills his dad and his brother's the emperor and he's way worse and turns out he's Adam Bosch except his name is Adrenic, I think. I don't know if, yeah, Adrenic. I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's what his name is. And so when she goes to meet him, she's like, oh my god, literally my boss is the evil emperor on this one, on this planet. And she, like, previously really liked her boss, thought he was really cool dude, like, a visionary, right? But by spending her time on World 175, she realizes that he's literally not. And so when she eventually makes it back to World Zero, the way she does this is, well, before she goes back, she helps um, World 175 Nick Nick, and she also has um, a stepsister, but she didn't have a stepsister in her actual, like, planet, but when she came back, she, on her on world 22 she's alone all her family's dead but on world zero her mom marries her stepdad who has two twins right or like a pair of twins a girl and a boy esther and michael and so um she helps esther and world 175 esther and nick nick to overthrow adrenic and the way they do that is she convinces him to come traverse with her because nalene is world 175 her she convinces like Adrenic to come with right and she knows that he will die because Adam lives on world zero but he doesn't know so he decides to go and at the last second as they're about to leave Nalene jumps with them which is tragic because um they're both the same person so Nalene dies and this their bodies well actually Nalene's body comes but Adrenic's body goes back to world 175 and when they show back up at world zero and we start part three of the book um she needs to deal with figuring out that um adam bosch is literally killing all his doppelgangers on every single other planet and killing um so on world zero there were other people who other scientists who were like oh i was so close to figuring out multiverse travel well then he has them killed on all the other universes too so that the the only place that can traverse is World Zero because of him, right? So he's got these maintenance people that he gets to do the dirty work and he tries to convert Kara over to doing that. But she's like, no. And her mentor, who I didn't talk about before, but his name is probably John, but it's spelled like Jean, but he's from Africa somewhere. I don't remember where. So it could just be a French spelling of John. Of John. So I'm going to call him that. Um turns out John used to do that job which is kind of jarring for her to figure out so he convinces her like don't go to the authorities it's like you can live with this just take the bonus for killing world 175 him and 
like get over it. and she's like okay but then he makes an announcement that um the new thing that they were doing that they all thought was going to be like getting rid of traversers is actually they're going to have they're going to take the five highest bidders on trips to different worlds which will literally just kill people right so um she decides she's not cool with that and she puts in this report about it but then the report they killed John because the reason she got some of the information is she used his like login and his key and stuff like that um and she's like no no it's me but they kill him anyways and he lies for her but like Adam knows and so then she's like we're like she was already like not cool with this but now she's like bruh are you kidding me so also we find out that the reason why Del has been so like weird to her this whole time is that um right before Carmenta took that trip to World 22 where she died the two of them like made out and then the next day Carmenta was like also you need to know for this that she grew up on this in the rurals which is part of Ashtown but it's like the religious nicer part and her stepfather's I don't know I don't know what the word is but think the pope of that like there's not like real it's I don't want to say not real religion, but it's like all these different sorts of religions mashed together all exist and are able to coexist together. And so she was kind of like the princess there and it very religious. So like a lot of the very religious people were like not cool with um, being gay and stuff like that. So then she lashes out at Del and is like, you're an evil temptress. I hate you. Basically, that's not exactly what happens, but you get the gist of it. So that's why... Del was so like weird towards Kara the whole time because Kara's like flirting with her and she's like so confused right because the girl who left literally was like you're an evil temptress and the one who came back was trying to tempt her right so we find that out and then Kara comes up with this plan that she's gonna blow up the traverser so that they can't bring the people right and so to do that she needs help from Nick Nick and his runners who are kind of like his people that work for him the only way she could get his help she's got to bring him a gift and also i didn't say this earlier but guns don't exist anywhere they were like all destroyed and outlawed like 50 years ago so they don't exist but on world 175 they did exist adrenic built them up and then after she killed them she made nick nick promise or like right before she left she made nick nick promise to destroy all the guns but she knew he would keep one so she goes back to world 175 makes um nick nick give her the gun back or not back but makes her give it to him and then also asks for a picture of his brother all dressed up as an emperor to show nick nick on world zero so she convinces him to help and they blow up the thing and adam's like i got you i've been injecting you with something different than the other traversers that'll kill you and then kara's like oh one up i've been putting this poisonous specimen i put your this poisonous specimen in your eye drops that you've been using for days now because they broke into his mansion during a party and they were supposed they broke in so that the runners could learn about like because there's a model of the traverser there so that they could like figure it out but Kara goes to his bedroom and is like snooping around for some reason i don't remember why but well i guess it was to put the the thing in the eye drops but that's not really explained and so that happens 
So he'll die in three years then, right? So she's foiled his plans by blowing it up and it'll take years to rebuild it. And since he knows he's going to die in three years, he has to teach somebody else. Otherwise, traversing will be over. So she's foiled his plans. But then she gets deported because, oh, because they blame her for blowing the thing up, I think. I don't really remember. But she gets deported. So she goes back to Ashtown. And, like, in the last the last ten pages, it's, like, she figures out back, like, yes, this is where I'm from, blah, blah, blah. And then her and Del get together, question mark. I'm going to talk about the ending. But, so that's the plot, kind of. That took me um, maybe, like, 15 minutes. So that was really close to the one minute I said I was going to do. So, cool. But now, let's talk about my opinions on this book. First of all, let's talk about the ending really quick. Like, just right quick. So, this whole time, the ending's kind of weird, right? Because there's all this action, and then at the end, Adam's not dead, but you think he probably will die. Kara's been deported. Her and Del, like, hooked up. Well, I didn't say this part, but her and Del hook up the night before this happens, right? And then Del gets her deported to save her life, actually, is what happens. And so it's a month later, and then Del shows up in Ashtown. And, you know, there's this weird thing about this jewelry being exchanged. Del has these earrings and that are really special to her. And Kara had one. She has mementos from the other worlds, which is how she had the poisonous thing, because it was from another world. And... Uh, one of the momentous she has is Del's earrings because on one of these other worlds, the two of them hooked up. Um, and when Del loses an earring, she like gives her this one, but then Del finds it. So she's like, what the heck, man? And then Del gets the earring turned into a necklace and gives it to her. So that happens. And then, but then like the last page, there's like three paragraphs. There's a universe where this happens, blah, blah, blah. And it basically in this one paragraph, it's like, and there's this one universe where I end up marrying Dell, and we live on the edge of the border so that I can still work in Ashtown. She ends up doing work as a writer. She, like, writes things for people, which is pretty cool because she can toe the line between the two. And where we fall in love and get married and everything's good. And it's so interesting because right before you get to that last page, you think maybe there's going to be a second book because we don't Adam doesn't die we don't and like it's never explained in this last chapter Kara's like I don't feel sick like I don't feel like he injected me with something I'm about to die so you don't really know like what that's about and you don't really for sure know that she's put the thing in the eye drops because that's not revealed until the very end it's like she doesn't tell you she's doing that it's like oh now I'm facing down Adam and oh I told him that I got him I don't know. So there could, and it says that, so Nick Nick joins with Kara because she's, he thinks that his brother died all those years ago, but it turns out he's actually Adam Bosch in the city. So he's feels like rage at being like left. So that's why he signs on to like go destroy this thing. But turns out they're starting to reconnect. So that, you don't know what's going on with that. So there's lots of questions there. So you don't, there could have been a second book, but then with the ending, there was no epilogue, but basically that last page is an epilogue in which the two of Del and Kara get back to, get together, not back together, they're never together before. And so maybe 
so then there is no second book? I don't think it needs a second book, but I'm just a little confused by that. Also, let's talk about the romance. So, I, like I said at the beginning, this was my book of the month pick, and if any of you are familiar with book of the month, the when you pick, there's five books you can pick a, pick from for the month, and there's like a review by somebody, there's like the actual um, book summary, and then there's like four words that kind of describe it in a one sentence description. So I always read through all the things, and I was reading the book summary, and the person who wrote the book summary was like, I don't typically like romance or whatever, but the romance really kept me reading throughout this book. And to that, I just want to say, what? So you've understood from this, if you haven't read it before, that the romance is between Kara and Del, which is true, right? But mostly until like the very end of the book, it's just Kara being like, yeah, I flirt with Del and I really, really like her, but nothing will ever happen. And then Del, like, not having emotions, which is not true, right? I don't want to characterize her as that, but she's like, that's kind of like how Kara describes her as very serious. And and even the author describes her as aloof, like, in an interview she did, right? So, like, you don't know what Del is feeling about this, right? You kind of get the just that, you know, maybe she might be into her, but the romance is such... A minor plot point. Also, the whole book, t- or not book two, part two, there's no Dell, but you have World 175 Nick Nick who falls for Kara. 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 My bad. I'm sorry, guys. And, uh, like, Kara doesn't feel that way about him because I don't think she, like, could ever. Even if she wasn't in love with Del, like, even if Del didn't exist, right? I don't think she could ever be with him because of how horribly World 22 Nick Nick treated her and, like, how that messed with her self-esteem and what fi- trying to figure out what love is and everything. Except, like, I really liked World 175 Nick Nick. I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, but I liked him. But... He is a very different person from World 22, and she, at the end, is able to separate that, but, like, she's in love with Del, so nothing's gonna happen there, but, like, it's very obvious. He's like, you could, well, he says this later when she goes back, wishing that she would stay and that they could be together and whatever, but she's like, I'm in love with Del, but, like, it's not that I don't like Karen and Del together, right? That's not what I'm saying. That was, like, good... I just don't think that's that's not what drove me to finish this book. What drove me to finish this book is I had to know what happened next because honestly the biggest plot twist came at the middle of the book when you find out that Adrenic is Adam Bosch and that I am Bosch is evil. Right? Like what? That was like mind boggling, but when you think about it, lots of CEOs are not great people. I don't know, so Maybe I should have seen that coming, but how am I supposed to know that this dude who is a wily city guy was actually from Ashtown and was the older son of the Blood Emperor, who everyone thought was dead, but turns out the Blood Emperor didn't kill his son, just sent him away to the city. How was I supposed to know? But that was, that was pure perfection. I loved it, which that was another part I wanted to talk about, just how much I loved that plot twist. But okay. So all that is to say, 
the romance was not what drove me to read this book. I wanted to know about Kara. I ended up caring about her, which is so interesting because in part one of the book, I didn't like her. And I think the reason why, so like, why did I like her at the end is obviously she had a lot of character growth. So what was this about? It's about her figuring out who she is and like figuring out who she wants to be and how she wants to act. Obviously, she's had a very hard life up until this point where it's survive, like survival, you know, like that's all she can care about. That's all that exists for her. She needs to do these things to survive. There is no doing what's right. Like that's not true because sometimes those things align, but a lot of things she's done is because she is trying to survive, not trying to like be morally upright, okay? And kind of her descriptions of like things she's done and stuff like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way in the first part. And she's just, I I can't think of the right word I want to use to describe her in part one but I think what happens is she has forgotten who she is which is part of it for sure because once we get to part two I like her a lot more and when she gets to part when we get to part two she's back in Ashtown back where she came from and when she's there she's first of all finally for the first time in six years she's been gone able to really sort out the knick-knick trauma, right? Like, it's by no means, like, forever resolved, right? But by seeing that there's a world in which he could be good, I think is very important, like, I don't know. But also while she's there, she reconnects with people from the house, like Exley and these other people that they really saved her as a child and took care of her and she remembers where she's from. So that's really important and when she goes back she remembers where she's from and when she comes back that's then when we see change because before she went to World 175 she might have been okay with Adam killing these people, right? I don't know necessarily if she would have become a maintenance worker and like basically an assassin for him. Maybe when she first came to the planet, right? Six years ago, but not then. But she's grown and she becomes more concerned about doing what's right, which is very important because it's always been about let's make sure I live. And at the end, she goes into the her final thing, trying to take down Adam, knowing she's going to die. And she literally would have died if not for Del getting her deported because Adam can't kill her in Ashtown because that would be bad news for him. I mean, maybe he could figure out how to frame somebody. I don't really know. But she's pretty much untouchable by the time that she gets there. So, Del really does save her life. So, good job, Del. So, yeah, I like her a lot more as she figures out who she is. And I think the way she figures it out is remembering who she was. I don't know if that makes sense. But, like, I don't think you should live in the past. And I don't think you necessarily need to to be in the present to understand yourself but if you completely cut yourself off from your past from where you came from you don't remember it you don't live by it and this is complicated by the fact that she's pretending to be someone else so she literally good thing Caramenta has these journals that detail her entire life that she's able to read and try and figure things out right but 
she has been pretending to be somebody else for six years while also trying to distance herself from Ashtown to be Wiley City so she can fit in there. How are you supposed to know who you are when you have to pretend to be somebody else, right? Where you have to forget about the first 20 odd years of your life. Well, I don't remember if it was actually 20. I don't know how she old she is, but you know, the first part of your life. And you also have to pretend to be somebody like you can't you lose yourself. And so it's in her reconnecting with her roots in Ashtown that she's able to remember who she is, where she comes from, and that where she comes from isn't bad. It isn't wrong, even though it's the poorer section, you know, like she lived in the dirt. I don't know if she really, like, it was very dusty. So she talks about how dirty everything always is so that like they don't wear white in Ashtown, right? Because like it would just get disgustingly dirty so quick because it's basically a desert right she's able when she finally remembers who she is she's not lost anymore and so all that is just to say you need your past your past informs your present and when you sever your past you lose yourself if that makes sense like I said don't live in the past not everything like don't live there you need to live in the present you need to look toward the future but if you try and completely forget your past you forget the things that made you who you are the things that happened to you the places you came from they made you who you are and when you forget those things when you separate yourself from it you're going to lose a part of yourself and so oh so I think one of the other important things to talk about in this book is the role race plays in it honestly so Kara is black I think she calls herself like brown like brown skin but then when she describes her hair and stuff like that it is description that of like black hair so I'm pretty sure she's black but regardless, person of color, so yeah. Del's also, um, I think, Japanese-American. Well, actually, America doesn't exist here, so Japanese Wiley Sidian. I made that up. That's not real. That's not a real phrase, but whatever. So just for people who want to know about that representation, the only time that comes up is talking about how Del's family were immigrants back in the day and the jade earrings that I talked about a little bit before but why is this important it's important about Kara because like first of all we talked about where she came from and like that but like also the people that are traversers are almost all people that come from war-torn areas where or where poverty is rampant or something like that because that's where they die young and that's how they're able to literally go to all these different worlds that's how they got their job right because they came from a bad place and I don't know if this is the exact word Carrie uses in the book to describe it but they're like commodities like they're used until they're useful and then they're deported back where they came from which is really important and when I finished reading this book right I really really liked it like I really liked this book but I know that I'm missing something. Does that make sense? So like, I know that there's a deeper message in this book about identity and race and the role it plays that I like can feel, right? I know it's there. I can kind of get at it, but like, because I am white, I can't ever fully understand it, if that makes sense. Like, 
there's I can't understand that like there's something there that I'll never be able to get right so Klaus stop whining my dog's in here and he's making noises like there's something that I'm always gonna be missing but I would love to know like to talk to somebody who has that sort of perspective and see like what they think last thing that I want to talk about is the idea of the multiverse and why it's so important to this book and this is kind of where it makes you think right so this is really brought out by the idea of 175 knickknack this idea that if one thing was different but everything else was the same right just this one thing like your parent dies earlier right or they lose their job or I don't know whatever it may be like for Kara there's a version of her on one world where when her mom got high or mad or something and she had to like run not run away but you know like hide and escape Kara on 22 climbs so she would like climb really high right but this Kara on another world couldn't climb so she walked and she ends up getting lost and makes it to the city and gets adopted by city people in Wiley City and lives a very privileged life so it's this idea of what if I just couldn't climb if I wasn't a climber then my life would have been better question mark I don't know that's also interesting because there's this like thematic thing throughout the book about even on the back it says my mother used to say I was born reaching which is true she also used to say it would get me killed which it hasn't not yet anyway and it's over and over again it talks about how she's reaching like to go higher for more and that climbing thing like is reminiscent of her reaching for more whether that be the more of the life on world zero or to be an analyst or to you know not die or to think that she could take down adam anything right this idea of the multiverse back to that and this idea that you like who would you be if this one little thing was different or what if it wasn't little like on world 175 what is different is that nick nick refused to so like basically what happens in all these worlds right is that the father the backstory is like nick nick was this great hunter very bloodthirsty blah 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 and his brother adam or adrenic was like kind of weak sickly bad at hunting and fighting and whatever and he was the older brother and the dad didn't like him so he has the two boys fight and there's this piece of metal or something on the ground that in all these other worlds nick nick picks up and like strikes his brother and draws blood or whatever and that's like the thing that allows their father to then kill and like fake kill obviously because he sends him away and pretends that he dies adrenic slash adam right but on World 175, Nick Nick refuses to pick it up because he's like, even when I was five, I knew that if I were to draw blood like that, there would be no going back, which is also why he refuses to kill his brother later on because he doesn't want to take any blood, right? He doesn't want to take a life or anything like that, which is why Kara takes Adnick back to World Zero with her to kill him to solve this problem for everybody there, right? So... Uh, this idea that Nick Nick could be good when that was just that different. Or here's another example. On almost every single world, Dell is, you know, 
rich and educated and prosperous and has a good life and whatever, but on one specific world, she lives in Ashtown. She, uh, I mean, it's not said specifically, but she's probably a drug user, right? Like, on this one world, her life is not that great, right? So, like, what was it that changed that? And I just, I don't think I believe in the multiverse theory. Like, I don't really think there's another, there are multiple other universes. I Like, that just doesn't work with me and my beliefs and whatever. But it's interesting to think about, like, if there were, who am I there? What's different there about me? And, like, what were these little changes that changed my life and changed who I am? I don't know. But it's interesting. I think that's all I had to talk about, about the Space Between Worlds by Micaiah Johnson. I'll just wrap up by saying this was a good book. I would recommend this book if you haven't read it and you don't care that I literally spoiled the whole thing for you by taking 15 minutes of time instead of one minute to tell you what happened, which in hindsight, why did I think I could do that? And why did I think I could tell you um, 323 pages of plot in one minute is beyond me. And that's everything that I have for my first real episode. If you want to find me on Instagram, you can go look at I read a book once blog and you could also go check out my blog at ireadabookonceblog.com for more exclusive content. I do some blog posts, the anything you're looking for you could find there. This was I read a book once. Catch me next time talking about the life and medieval times of Kit Sweetly, a book that I have lots of opinions on and most of them aren't very good. I'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.